Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi there, and welcome to the Toonami Audience Takeover Bracket, coming to you from fashionable, excited Midtown Atlanta. I woke up this morning. As you guys know, I don't check any websites other than adultswim.com slash streams, but I hear a lot of honking and celebrating, and I assume it's because people are so excited to find out the results of the Toonami Audience Takeover Bracket. I'm Maxime Simone. I'm sitting in the shirt I wore last night, also shorts that I've unbuttoned. And if you're not listening this today, uh, November 7th, live, 5 p.m. Eastern. You're probably listening to this on the Adult Swim podcast, which you can get wherever podcasts are sold. Excited to have everybody here. Excited to have everyone in the chat. Jeff Herrera, Bone Amputee. People are pumped because this is the final two. It's been a whole process. Before we get to our guests, I want to remind everyone this has been a not fair or balanced process. It's been weird voting with niche communities and ideas on uh, not agreed upon platform, Instagram. Not everyone thought we should vote on Instagram, but hey, what the fuck are you going to do? Uh, people in a real election have problems deciding how you should vote. How are we going to fucking make a poll about shows work? But it came down to two. Cowboy Bebop and Dragon Ball Z. And we have the result today. By the end of the show, you're going to know who wins. You're going to know your thoughts you're going to know the thoughts of people who call in. You're going to know my thoughts. You're going to see Jason and Gil talk to us about it briefly. And we're also going to celebrate uh, somehow. Uh, maybe I'll open a bottle of wine. And joining me today, two folks who have been with us along the way on this journey. Because we like to end the bracket with bringing back people who have seen part of the process and talking to them about it. Dana Swanson, the voice of Sarah. Christy Caracas. The voice of um, reason. <laughs> How you guys doing? Uh, it's, it's a beautiful day here in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. Everyone's celebrating the Tsunami Takeover Bracket uh, as voted on Instagram with legal. Everything's legal. It's all legal. Don't say it's not legal. Uh, legal tender. Legal tender has been tallied. Uh, I will say... All jokes aside, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I, I have to say one thing. There has been some people arguing that dead people voted in this election. But as we know, in a lot of shows, even things like Game of Thrones, just because you die doesn't mean you're Game not coming Thrones. back. Game yeah, and Game of Thrones, Thrones uh, really <laughs> called it today. Uh, just because you died doesn't mean you're not coming back. Uh, I'm also going to speak for the spiritual community and say that uh, just because you're dead, it doesn't mean you don't have an influence. Captain America traveled through time. Yeah, Captain America froze himself, traveled through time. I would like to, uh, Christy, 
Christy, give it to us. What do you give us a present? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see who's the big winner. Uh, yeah. Christy, you've been watching some of the episodes too, other than the one you were on. Was there any shocking moments? Any 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 of the eliminations you found particularly shocking? I don't, I don't know if they were shocking. I think it was more the kind of thing whenever there like sometimes there'd be a matchup of two really, really big ones. Like, I mean, even like like um what was it? Hunter Hunter was I can't remember. Was it was it Hunter? Yeah, like Hunter and Bebop. Like I'm really into Hunter Hunter right now. So um, I mean, I probably would vote Bebop personally for me, but I I really like both of them. So yeah, there are a lot of those where I was like, I couldn't decide and I don't know. It's just been really fun. The guests have been really great. Uh, it's been fun to hear people's different uh, anime, kind of like their their personal histories with anime, how they got into it and, uh, you know, stuff like that. I thought it was so fun talking yeah. with you about the bootleg VHSs. I thought that was just like such a high oh. point of that episode. Dana, do, did you have a time in your life? Like, were you oh, bootlegging oh tapes back in the day? Because Christy was I, a nerd going through tapes. Giant, <laughs> I had a giant garbage bag of Kenshin tapes that I worked through in a couple days. But it was a black garbage bag full of Kenshin VHSs. And it was like one of my favorite stretches of days in like the late 90s. And there was like, I, I actually, at UGA, there was this sort of like passed along house called Mason Koku that was like, uh, it was like the anime nerd house, essentially. And <laughs> there were like bookshelves of just like bootleg VHSs. I dated a um, I dated a fan subber for a while who was like fan subbing stuff off of Laserdisc, which like that's an old format. Yeah. Let me tell you about Laserdisc, kids. Um, but yeah, I told I do have a history with like uh, I love a good bootleg VHS. And then also the rule was always like, OK, once it's released, once there has been an official dub or official sub, we got to get rid of it. So then just, just due to copyright. So I don't know if you guys went through that too. We had, it's funny. I was, I said this on the last one I was on, but I used to, I used to drive almost an hour. This is when I was in high school uh, to this. So this must've been God. I mean, 90, it was, yeah, it was a long time ago, but the, um, you'd go there and they'd have a list and you'd, you'd, uh, I was, I was telling them, I, I should have had my mom, uh, try to look for it. I found this list recently and it's like it's like a dot matrix printer list it's so old but it was all the you'd order the one you'd want to see and then you come back in a week or two and they would have dubbed it for you off the disc and uh yeah it was just crazy it was just the only I mean I was so new to it I was like what are these crazy movies and anime what is it what are these cartoons I didn't even know what they were you know now Christy mm -hmm. I had you check out promised neverland recently oh what'd you think yeah. of that and how did you get that how did that change how do you watch shows now that's been the other great thing about the this thing i've, I've been watching ones i didn't know and i'd never heard of promised neverland and I, I i binged it like that weekend i watched all of them and uh yeah i loved it i can't wait for the next season <laughs> uh where do you watch things though where do we find stuff now now that we don't do tapes i feel like a lot of us kind of use pirating sites still for just the stuff because unlike HBO, HBO is releasing episodes in other languages like immediately now. But like dubs take a while to get here. Yeah, because you got to have people talk. Oh. There's talking involved. Boring. I like them more in like with subtitles because like they just feel more authentic. But it's funny because, you know, sometimes you can't like sometimes if I'm just eating even it's hard to it's hard to read and look at the artwork so I find myself rewinding a lot. Like I want to watch that fight scene without reading it. And uh, so it's kind of crazy. Uh, an I argument just... for Cowboy Bebop's success has been that the dub is of an exceptional 
quality and stands out among the rest. Uh, well, we excellent were- dub. Excellent dub. Uh, Steve Bloom, my counterpart on Tsunami. Uh, a main part in that show. I'm going to say he's eyeing the Corgi. Uh, main part in that show. And so I think that is, uh, and also all the, the voices in that show were brilliantly directed. So um, it is, yeah, it, I, that is a great point. If you have a successful dub that can really uh, boost what's going on in your show. And I, I like both equally. I think they both have, uh, they both have equal merit. Um, it's nice to like, as Christy, as you were saying, it's nice to be able to like understand what's happening. If you look away for a second, um, Subs, great way to learn the language. Dubs, great way to know what's going on. So they both. Uh, well, I found. Merits. I don't. I, I don't know if it's even easy to find the Tatami Galaxy dub. I was just gonna. I was just gonna bring that up. Like, but that's like a show you have. Could... You have to watch like twice because it goes so fast, right? Mm-hmm. That goes fast with subs, and I was like, I was like, how would they even dub this? There's, it's so fast that show. The the the, the pace, it's weird. I heard from a friend that they call you know the big chin guy that in one of the realities like becomes their boss or whatever <laughs> and he hangs out at the ramen shop i heard in big the chin. dub they call him jay leno because of his <laughs> big chin <laughs> yeah there's so much stuff that has to translate from like culturally to oh this is a joke that would work really well in the states or this is a joke that would work really well in europe or this is there are things that work differently everywhere so like my prop and so many props to people that adapt not just like for the language, but for the the cultural differences that make a joke hit. There was a funny thing. I was actually, cause like a lot of times, sometimes when I'm working, like I'm drawing or something, I'll have something going and I'll listen, I'll be half watching. But again, like I was saying, you can't really, can't watch something subtitled when you're drawing and reading all this. But I was doing, watching Hunter Hunter and sometimes I'll rewind a thing to compare the dub to the, to the uh, sub because sometimes the dubs, they're also matching the mouth a little more. So they might change it. But there was this one where it was like, it was the one, I want to say it was like the fifth or sixth episode where they, the one guy tricks another guy and says he has like, how am I going to say this? It was something like he had diarrhea. So the, in the, in the, in the English, in the, in the dubbed one, they were like, okay, I'm not explaining this well, but the subtitles seemed one or the other. I can't remember seemed funnier how they were describing like, oh, you have a stomach ache. But in the other one, it was like, like you have diarrhea. And it was like funny how I'm not making sense now, but you know what I mean? <laughs> The comedy can be weird because I think they pick the words in the dubs or in the dubs, I mean, to fit the mouth sometimes. So there's probably like only so much you could do to try and get the joke and the timing right and everything. Yeah, it's got to be difficult. It's but it also difficult. it makes these crazy lost in translation moments, too, that are just so difficult yeah. the genre that I feel like you and I were going for in parts of like Ballmasters and Gamusetu, right? Like there's such a specific delivery and a specific type of voice actor and a specific workaround to make it fit. It, it'd be really it's, it's probably the best if you speak Japanese and English and you could actually maybe pick up some of these differences, which I can't. Mm-hmm. But it probably must be interesting. I remember, uh, don't we have someone who used to work on adultswim.com, Dana, who localizes Nintendo games now? Oh, uh, Brandon Kramer, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. which is BK. also crazy, because there's so many, like, I, I, some of those games, I think, almost change entirely. Like, the Paper Mario games and those, I think they're like, they add so many jokes that are not Japanese jokes, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, like Paper Mario, I think, is extremely adapted. And also, like, I just want to give props to that. Anybody that has to work with a country that is in another time zone, there's also so much you have to do to be like, what time is it there? What times are meeting? And then 
like you may be up at 9 p.m. and then they're up at 9 a.m. like trying to coordinate the same thing. People are getting tired. You got to wait a day. Like it is, it's nuts. I did, I have done voice sessions before for like, there was a game that was, it was a Japanese game. It was getting adapted for the States and they wanted like Game of Thrones English basically was like, ah, we want to do a Game of Thrones English accent here, but they kept playing uh, over and over. They were playing like the Japanese dialogue and being like, just, just do that. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't sound like that. <laughs> like you hired, you hired me because I don't sound like that. I have, but, I have an ex who I think works with Russian programmers and I can't yeah. imagine even the time distance of fucking Japan versus that. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. And you can, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Jason and Gil will answer lots of questions about working with Japan uh, on the East Coast, which is different than even where I am. It's like a little bit less time difference, but like East Coast working with Japan. But Jason gets to do all those plane is, yeah. rides and like have a few cocktails. Now, right his... now, it's COVID, <laughs> baby. Yeah. I'm going to weirdly, I'm going to, I'm going to plug an article because I remember I've heard multiple Ooh. interviews with this guy, Jeremy Blaustein, who translated the first Metal Gear Solid. And uh, just the process of the adaptation and localization of games. It kind of ties in. It's semi-related to anime and dubs and stuff. And then also, like, translating Kojima in general. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just on such a whole other wavelength. So you're, like, not just, like, working against, like, a language barrier, but also, like, a, a what-are-you-thinking barrier that you're trying to uh, fully grasp and understand. So, like, I call that the artist barrier. The so artist barrier. The artist, there's also an artist barrier that has to be fully respected when you're working with Kojima. Christy, we were talking about something cool on the phone yesterday about, like, what we kind of liked. And, and it tied into something. So we had some people on the show, uh, the anime Balls Deep streamers. And I was talking with some of them on their own stream the other day. Yeah. They go balls deep with their anime. Balls deep. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of, you know, chavvy weebs from England. Um, <laughs> and, uh we were talking about stuff and, and someone, they brought up the point that a lot of the shows that get made in Japan and what's kind of the difference between the American cartoon market and the Japanese cartoon market is that there's very much an insistence on, well, if it's proven to work, we're going to make it. So any manga that succeeds then becomes a show, any book. And it's, it's just like, we're, we're going for it. We're making it, which is just the process is a little different, especially since uh, Christy and I were kind of feeling like that. A lot of those mangas have this, strange auteurship to them it's not really like mm. a big super developed committee thing it's like jojo's is working we're making it a show <laughs> we're doing what uh, yeah like i had to, I, I don't know why we even started talking about this but i was talking to someone recently about i think i was talking to someone about pitching shows and you know when you pitch a show here you know depending on the like every network you have to know your market and you talk like you're gonna get notes from the network and lots of things that might shape things in a certain way and i was just saying it's funny because when you think of anime as a whole, which is a weird thing to say because it's so it's so the shows are so different, but they all feel like anime, but they're all very different. But I was like, you know, a lot of them are coming from a comic or a manga that is one original creator's kind of vision. So I think, yeah, there's this there's this a uh, uniqueness or like like you're like uh, I don't want to say it's pure, but you're getting someone's vision that might be a little more little less diluted, maybe. And, and straight to the show. I'm sure the shows are always a little different than the manga, but you're getting these things that are very, someone's personal work as opposed to maybe a pitch, if that makes sense. I, I don't know, I thought that. I don't know if it's true, but I was just thinking about it. And I was like, that's why you're getting these wacky, crazy things that are all over the place. Uh, I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting thing. Well, and I, I've been thinking about that, and I don't know if I said that on this stream, but um, I, because 
there's a lot of things and there's even like oh Iraqi forgot in uh <laughs> which is like a meme in JoJo's the things Iraqi forgot while he was making the JoJo's mm-hmm. arcs and I was always thinking the reason sometimes there's stuff that doesn't pay off or it doesn't have and I've, I've related with it because I've made a lot of stuff under tight con- time constraints in this building and for better or for worse there's like a weird process that comes out of it right like just finding the show as you go and like just making it instead of going through a, a real uh, tough committee decision but there's like charm and just uh, vulnerability almost in the things that don't pay off so and I was so I was having the same thoughts and it feels like it's gotta be mostly this guy sometimes he fucks up <laughs> but not bad not necessarily it's just like sometimes it's not what people say this sells in terms of setting up a story beat and paying it off you know maybe there's just an alien one episode because he likes it I think too, and again, I think the things you're saying are true. And I, but I think when we were talking, I was coming at it from this. How do I say? This? I was thinking of Adult Swim a lot too. Like when you think of the Adult Swim shows, they feel like Adult Swim, but they're very much a creator-driven thing. Like like Aqua Teen is so those Dave and uh, Matt, and it doesn't feel like something anyone else would ever make ever. And and or Tim and Eric is so Tim and Eric. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. whereas I think something like say you know an Iron Man, it's been around for a while. It's a property. You probably, you know, the Iron Man comics, they've gone through lots of different writers and versions. And I don't know if that makes sense, but. Well, there's not, there's not necessarily like a show Bible that's like, here's exactly how to do everything. I'm going to hand this off to another generation. It's kind of like, well, these are the people that do it and these are their brains. And this is their, like the artistic barrier. Like this is like, you can't, the hope is that you're not able to necessarily hand it off to somebody else is that it that the voice is still strong and within it and expected and, and if that voice isn't there it's not really as successful of a show um which like i mean i i have not uh run a show at adult swim i have seen many shows in my time <laughs> when i was there but the, the stuff that really worked was the stuff that it's just like well this is it how do you feel about it have you guys ever like, watched like, Something I've been thinking about lately. Sorry if I'm cutting you off. Do you want to? Sorry, you can finish your thought. I just I was yeah. transitioning in my head to something else. I'm an no, asshole. I just keep thinking about Boondocks, and I'm like Boondocks rules. So <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Like, yeah, that show. That show was just like this is what's happening. A show what do you that think about it. A show that got eliminated early on, but went a little further than I thought. Was Paranoia Agent, and it has this yep. great episode about making anime. If people haven't seen it. Uh, this is actually the dub version of that episode's on YouTube. Not that I'm encouraging you to find episodes on YouTube, but it's kind of about also the overworked stress of making shows. And I think that's mm. a topic of discussion these days about these animators getting paid peanuts and working their asses off just to get their yep. feet in the door. What, what do yeah. you guys have to say about that? Are we a little better about that in the States or are we worse, Christy? That's the follow up <laughs> to that. I don't know. It depends where you work. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot here um, in LA. There's a lot about like people who want to like work their way up in writing and they take a writer's assistant job that isn't secure, that works into the bone. They have to get on multiple credit cards in order to survive. Um, That's something that's, I think, across the board in the industry, like not just in animation, but in TV is like you, sometimes you intern or you take a really low paying job because you're just like, oh, but maybe someone will like what I do. You keep going. So Christy, what's your take on it? I mean... You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's there's union, there's the non-union. I mean, look, I definitely think they're probably way more overworked and crazy in Japan, I think. <laughs> From what I've heard and read about it, it seems insane. I mean, I, we had a guy, I know of a friend who went over there that works in anime, and he said 
you, his experience was you get paid by the drawing. Like, you know, like there used to be jobs where you get paid by the foot of animation back in the day. But like, I think he'd get paid by each drawing they finished. But he was like, but here's the funny oh. thing. It's not how fast you draw because every drawing you have to submit and they'll be like, no, wrong, start over. And you like, it'd be like any little imperfect thing. So, I mean, again, this is just one person's experience. But um, yeah, if I was to guess which is more of a crazy uh, work to death work culture, I'm guessing Japan. <laughs> it's a guess. I don't know. It's a good guess. It's yeah. a good guess. Some people in chat are talking about paranoia agent not feeling like it doesn't age too much. I just want to, I think multiple times I've tried to How old for is this it? one show. It's when was it made? I feel like it was mid 2000s or maybe like 2011 or something. Uh, let me see real that, fast. 2004 was the first episode. Wow. <laughs> I need to watch that one. That's it's, one you you kept rec- recommending to me, I think. I keep recommending it, and people are talking about it being timeless. And if anyone in the chat hasn't seen it, I know because you know clearly it's aired on the more recent version of Toonami because Gail put it on this list. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it talks a little bit about the animation process and some of these weird, almost un- unrelated episodes. It does things like, fuck, I'm going to be douchey, but we just did the rewatch of Game We Set to, and some of the things we did for fun was random sports memories or kind of side stories, and we had the time to do that with our weird... Uh, fucking uh, format and paranoia agent earned the director earned kind of making three episodes in the middle of the show out of like 14 about the world, but none of the main characters. Oh, we're getting a call real quick. Hello. Hey, you're on the line with the Toonami audience takeover. Who's Bracket. this? Oh, Jeffrey. <laughs> hey, Jeffrey. What's up? Hey, Jeff. All right. Um, just hearing you guys talking about, about how how you know how the enemy industry works or how uh what business they do do you have a dog yipping in the background (laughs) i do (laughs) yeah and i just the final thoughts i wanted to say on this was people talking about it being timeless it's also about being like addicted to your phone and making excuses (laughs) which always feels timeless anyway timeless always timeless what do you want to bring up, Jeffrey? Do you have any theories on who's going to win, or do you have any shows you want to talk about before we end this bracket? Um, so I was so I was hearing you guys talking about the anime industry. So they, there are some certain animes that that they talk uh, that they make. Like there's like I think at least two shows, like one called Shiribaku, which they talk about the production process and uh, and everything uh, that the creators and the animators and the producers do. Yeah, it's it's pretty good show. Uh, it's a very good show. Like if if they want to learn about how the animation process uh, works, uh, definitely check that show out. Um, and also regarding with the bracket um, between Bebop and DBZ, uh, I gotta have to say my guess will be uh, probably dbz but you had to think about it but give me give me the reason dbz because uh, bringing up people talking about paranoia agent age aging well in my mind and like you know i've said that's a show i've watched too much i feel like cowboy bebop to me ages better than dragon ball z dragon ball z feels foundational but it's like alexander nevsky like i don't really want to watch mm-hmm. that movie <laughs> but i know it's important. i just watched that <laughs> it, i just watched that movie recently. <laughs> i literally just watched that movie when during quarantine, I, and I loved it. <laughs> well, maybe I got to rewatch it. You know what's funny? When I read, when I watched that, that's so funny. You bring up that movie. I uh, I watched that movie on Criterion, and I remember going, "This is crazy. It looks like Lord of the Rings, but way filmed long ago." And uh, it's a really wild movie about this Russian Revolution type thing. I think it is, but it's oh man, crazy visuals. I thought. 
I haven't seen it yet. I'd love to see it. Jeff, are you still on the line? What do you got to say about it? Yeah, I had not, I had not seen it, but I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> Let's look at this. What about you guys? Who do you guys think is going to take it between Cowboy and Dragon Ball? So, Max, I missed it. Who knocked Paranoia Agent out of the bracket? Oh, back a while ago? Oh, that yeah. was a while ago. It was knocked out by Kill the Kill. Is that Kill the Kill? Oh. That is so fascinating to me. That is not how I thought that would go. So, okay, who's going to win? I my money is on Cowboy Bebop personally. Well, my let's start with Cowboy let's Bebop. start with names. Let's go back to your old style because Dana, we did a goofy yes. one your first time when you were here. We went through and we voted by name. Very controversial. But- Some people did not like the Balky Bartokamis approach. Again, Bronson Pinchot, the actor, not a good person. Open Hollywood secret. Um, but I will say that uh, his his character style in Perfect Strangers of picking names is a. Um, it is a fascinating. It is a fascinating way to go. I would say that these both have very strong names. I'm going to go Cowboy Bebop over Dragon Ball name wise. What because... if, if what if you were doing the final four too? And then let's do, okay. explain this first, and then we'll go. I'd love to see what you think would have won the final four too. But because why does Cowboy Bebop take it? <sighs> oh, because of the name. Yeah. Um, what, what makes what makes that name better than Dragon Ball Z? Because Z's got just a whole letter in it. What's the Z? It's got even a mean? whole letter Z. It's a, you know where it's Alpha and Omega. We're kind of going to the end of the alphabet with the Z. I just I like that I know what I'm getting. Again, this is why I picked Space Dandy because I know what I'm getting. Uh, I know what I'm getting with Cowboy Bebop. I knew what I was getting with Space Dandy, which is it is I'm getting a cowboy and I'm getting an amazing playlist. That's like all I need to know. And I I I. Fully support amazing playlists. I love music. Um, I love the music of that show. And so that is like where I would go just based on based on name alone. Dragon, but you're right. With a we have a dragon, dragon's rule. We have a ball, round, spherical. We we're, have we're gonna have a ball. Z. We're gonna have a ball. We're gonna have a ball with a dragon. The letter Z or Z, depending on what country you're in, or if your stepdad's British. Hello, my stepdad. Um but you're gonna you're gonna go that way, so I you know what it is tough name wise, but I gotta give you know uh, I'm Tom Colicchio. I'm giving a slight edge to Cowboy Bebop here. But if we were to do the final four, if you had two more options, the others being My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer, would either of those conquer Cowboy Bebop as a name? Demon Slayer is such a strong name because again, you know exactly what you're getting. It's powerful. I know I'm gonna see demons. I also know I'm gonna see demons conquered i want to see that but i i personally like 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 knowing the music's gonna be good so i'm I'm gonna pick cowboy bebop christy for you of those four shows what's the name that you think is the best silly question i know but we're having fun with it it's the final having episode fun. we have one elimination to do we got lots of time to kill i mean i don't know the logic of the name game but for the best name i mean cowboy bebop is still a really cool name i mean it's yep. like what it's like it's cool so yeah i think cowboy bebop for the it's name game inherently game. anachronistic and even the show itself is further in more anachronistic than the title cowboys didn't yeah. exist during jazz no no and uh i actually did a spot a couple years ago where i scripted in that somebody was a space cowboy and the people were like we don't understand what space cowboy is and i was like have you have you not seen cowboy bebop do you not? We and don't then, understand like, what space cowboys is. Yeah, but to me, like Han Solo is a space cowboy. Yeah, it's for like, sure. 
a robe. He's got a vest. He's got a vest. He's got a vest. He's got a holster. That's a space cowboy. And Spike Spiegel does it differently. He's got a suit with a vest. Sometimes, sometimes a vest. Imagine Harrison Ford as Spike. (laughs) (laughs) Who's on the line with us right now? We got someone on the line. Avi, who's called in every week with predictions based on his friend's opinion. Tell us about it. I think it's going to boil down to um, nostalgia versus what's the better show. Now, I I think that DBZ seems to be on a lot of people's lists. It was on both the top two brackets. Um, But I think based on what I've seen, Cowboy Bebop definitely has more fans in terms of its quality. Um, And yes, like I said, it is a shorter show. So um, that may, so, you know, but yeah, Dragon Ball Z was an institution in anime for a lot of people's like childhoods. Mm-hmm. And um, it really does depend on, you know, what the audience is. And again, Cowboy Bebop was more of an adult swim thing. So yeah, we'll see. We're also, how much money, here's a, here's a question just for logistics. I know that's a figure of speech, but how much money would you put on Bebop? Hmm. How much money? How much money would I put on Bebop? Um, <laughs> Well, he's thinking, uh, he's thinking, say... he's thinking. He's thinking. How many credits? Oof. Yeah, how many how many gex would you put on Bebop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, we're, uh, we're in the movie Dune. No, I don't know, actually. I don't know, because it's a pretty risky bet. Come on. It's a risky but... Oh baby, be risky for me. Yeah, what oh, if it's, yeah. what if what if you oh. get it's a good payoff? And I don't actually know what the results are. <laughs> Ooh. I don't actually know what the results are. I did look at the results because I wanted to maintain suspense. Wow. Yeah. Is that fun for you, having suspense? Oh, yeah. Has it been a fun ride, Avi? That's the main question. Well, it's definitely been a fun ride. It's definitely been a lot of surprises and upsets and stuff I never could have anticipated. Hmm. Like the time Jason shot Gil on camera during the show, right? Whoa, I missed that. Yeah, Jason was like, you know what? Fuck you, Gil Austin. They were apparently in the same house on separate webcams, and he shot him. Hey, it's a live stream. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. Oh, no. Gil Gil. is alive, though. He's alive. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Kismut and say 90,000 90, Wulongs. Whoa, 90,000 Wulongs on Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I see a 90,000 Wulongs. I see $2. I see I'd put 20 bucks. I see a 10, 10 million double dollars. I God see damn. 200. All I right. see 50. Well, we're all over. Thanks for we're calling, Avi. Well, Hi, Avi. I, I want to say one thing that's been fun that Chrissy's been talking about is recommending shows and finding new shows on here. Like I've been given Hunter Hunter myself a big watch, which I hadn't because it got so big friggin' watch. far. Big uh, watch. Yeah. Is there Do anything it. on here how about Dana? You first that you're like, it's got eliminated, but you should check this out if you haven't already. You know what? I really feel like, you know, we spent so much time in paranoia agent, and I do really like Kill a Kill. I feel like a lot of Kill a Kill is a newer show, so I feel like more people have probably seen it. But you know, it made it. It made it pretty far, and it knocked out a big show that we've already talked about. So I would say, you know, if you haven't, like, definitely, I'm gonna put it on your radar again. It's going back on your radar. It was off. Now it's back on. Um, there are. I feel like there was some another one I wanted to shout, but now I'm just like. 
now I'm uh, I'm losing I'm losing my train of thought, which means Christy, it's all, it's back to you, <laughs> back to you, Christy. Back to you. I mean, Christy. I, I no, I think you. what you said was rad too. Like I really, it's always like sometimes there's one of those shows like you know what it is and you see it a million times, but you just don't have time to watch it. And like mm-hmm. again, when I watched um, Promised Neverland, I was like, how have I never watched this? It's so good. It's one of my. I mean, it, it's it's one of those animes. Like to me, I could see it. It almost felt like a live action because it's all about the story, and you know, it didn't mm-hmm. have a lot. It doesn't have necessarily a lot of like fights or anything, but it's more like the tone and the characters and the story that were so exciting. Um, one that I would say, this isn't really on there, but you guys had you guys had some different Gundams on there, mm-hmm. but I think one just said Gundam, and I don't know if I don't know if you talked about this before, but. I don't think it was on Toonami, but correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I love Gundam. I'm a big Gundam fan. And I, we, we had a big talk when I was on how um, kind of robot and mech stuff is sort of not popular at the moment. And, and it seems more like an older thing. But yeah. I really liked, there was a new series that came out called Gundam The Origins. And it was like from like Char's point of view. And it was new, but it looked kind of retro. And I really liked it. I think it was maybe six of them or seven of them. Uh, but I really would recommend that. Gundam um, the origin. Yeah, I fucking loved it. It was really good. But I mean, yeah. again, I don't think I don't I don't know if Gund- it's not one of those fighter ones. It was more like him and his family and like the political thing of how they came to power before the, the big war. You know, what? that is reminding me of like, I, I love that you said that, Christy, that like a lot of the big like giant Mac robot shows were sort of a thing of uh, there, was, there was definitely a movement that felt like a, a thing that's more of a past thing and maybe why it hasn't had the same showing like if we had done this bracket before instagram that would have been a different a definitely a different it, bracket than it, now it was weird because when i got into anime in like maybe the late 80s early 90s it was you know obviously the 70s was huge but it was always a thing and someone was they, we were talking about it in the talk. Maybe I was listening to one of the talks too. Maybe yeah. I wasn't on that talk, but I just remember thinking, oh, that's so weird. They're right. Like, I don't know any really big animes right now with huge robots or even a lot of mech things. It's all more, a little bit more horror and weirdness and things like that. And right. I thought that was kind of interesting. I was, I, I just thought it was neat. I thought it'll be neat in maybe the next five or 10 years. Will one get really popular again? If, I mean, maybe Evangelion, you could argue, is. Well, I think Evangelion but, and Attack on Titan are the closest and closest, yeah. and both of them are kind of deconstructions of the genre, too. Yeah, yeah. Evangelion is a perfect example, and, and Evangelion was kind of also running uh, parallel with another Super Sentai show, which was uh, Power Rangers, which is live action, but it was still, like, very much in the zeitgeist of, like, ro- big fucking robots. Excuse me, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> yeah, big robots. you can say robots. I can say robots, big robots coming together to form something larger in this sort of like post Voltron world because that was so popularized. But um, Evangelion, big showing. And then I want to even say like maybe 2013 is like when there was a slight, like slight possible uptick because of Pacific Rim. And oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of Kojima, he was a huge fan of Pacific Rim. <laughs> I, I love that. That they just were like, we don't know what Evangelion is. What are you talking about? We're Pacific Rim. Oh my god! It, yeah, did you ever read? Did you ever read those interviews where they were designing it? They were like, oh, we our crew. We told them don't look at any uh, look at no- giant robot or anything. And I was like, you, they've never seen this stuff. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you've never seen anything with a kaiju. Like, what are you talking about? It seemed weird to me. 
Mm-hmm. Life virus in the chat earlier said, I didn't vote out of protest. Do you think that was for the uh, the American election or do you think it was for, <laughs> I don't know what you'd protest for this. I didn't vote out of protest. I don't, I'm, I'm protesting Instagram I'm votes. protesting, I'm protesting, maybe they don't like Instagram stories. Yeah, Some people it. are adamantly against Instagram stories. I did want to ask, I don't know who runs that account, but I wanted to ask, like sometimes when I have polls on Instagram stories, I get fake they're fake voters. There, there are accounts that are like, here is a fake vote trying to get my attention to look at the account. So I'm like, I, I, I hate to bring up fake voting. I hate to bring it up, but sometimes there are robots voting. Sometimes I voted the U.S. election just to get attention from Donald Trump. Senpai, notice me. Yeah. Hey, you're in yeah. the line with the Toonami audience takeover bracket. What's up? Hey, yeah, I wanted to chime in on the, uh, the giant robot discussion. Uh, Christy, the Gundam origin did air on Toonami. I don't think it was actually oh. on this bracket, though. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. They Sorry, it, guys. Uh, last year. Oh, that's last great. Well, that's year. one I would highly good. recommend. I, I Did you like it, too? Yeah, I liked it a lot. And and yeah. was that a I'm movie? A, or was there a Gundam fan. Yeah, I, I thought it was really It was cool. OVAs. There were like seven OVAs, and then they split it up into 13, uh, 11, 11 or 12 it's episodes, fit. and it's that fun. aired on Toonami. Because you, maybe you know better than me. Like, I used to watch Gundam back when I first got into anime. So, like, the original stuff, like, you know, like 0080 and Char's Counterattack and stuff like that. And then I kind of stopped for a while. And there's a lot of stuff that would maybe be on Toonami. You know, like, there was, like, you know, Victory Gundam and all these different versions. But then I remember um, there was one a while back, that Thunderbolt. It was, like, a really short one. And that one had crazy. Oh, yeah, Gundam Thunderbolt. With animation was awesome it was so good it, but it, it oh, seemed yeah. like another really limited one there were there were only like four episodes or something right yeah and then they compiled it into a movie okay yeah yeah it's really I, good I, I recommend that yeah this one i remember being the animation was crazy good i mean look at it it's crazy yeah i thought those, <laughs> all those gundam ovas are just stunning looking yeah but uh, it is a shame that giant robots have really gone out of style. Like, I love Gurren Lagann, I love Gundam, and right now there's, like, no mecha being made. It's it's a bummer. Could be something that just comes back. Maybe people are kind of sick of it, and this new stuff was more exciting, and someone will have a new twist on it or something, and it'll be big all of a sudden. Like, you see that crazy new anime? I don't know. <laughs> Did, well, the guys, uh, the uh, the... the... Stupid buddy guys, didn't they make a Voltron-esque show? They did. It was called Titan Maximum, yeah, Titan and it was Maximum. mostly run by, I always get Matt's last name pronunciation, I question oh. it. Senrik, right? Seinrich. Seinrich. I love him so much. Um, he's a, he's one of the nicest people. Um, but yeah, they, they made that show. I used to know the year, because I used to have to deliver the tapes. <laughs> But it was definitely that was a little bit more of a Power Rangers send up, even though it was um, stop motion. You know, it was sort of like in stop motion is sort of in this little in between world of like, is it live action? It's animation technically, but our brains, do we interpret it as do we interpret it as animation or live action? You know what else is really nuts? Um, I want to the the I want to make sure it's the right Gundam series. I think it's V Gundam. No, I don't think it's Victory Gundam. There's one Gundam series where. That Sid Mead designed the fucking Gundam and some of the robots. And what's weird is it's a really long one. And it was this weird, some of the Gundams are kind of like in these alternate universes or something. And they were discovering these Gundams, like they were buried or something, different ones, but they were from all the versions. I think it was like on one of the anniversaries of the series. So they were like ones from other series, but they were all in this series. It was really weird. It was, mm. and then that Gundam that, you know, he has like the yellow 
kind of thing, the V, they brought it down. So it was like the eyes were like where my eyes are. And the thing is like here, it was really, it was really neat. Uh, like but a mustache. Know, the, yeah, yeah, it looked like an upside down mustache. And I really like that series too. I don't know if that was on, uh, God, what's the name of it? I got to see now. I'm, I, uh, it's on Quibi. Is that yeah, that movie? wasn't on Toonami. Turn, it was, it was Turn, Turn X Gundam. Oh, okay. Turn I, I, I really like that series. Life Virus clarifies, didn't vote on this at a protest because it was boring and predictable. Bebop and DBZ are overplayed and really need to just acknowledge that they've ended, which is interesting. What? I don't think I well, don't think he's completely wrong. It might be interesting. Uh, turn to, A, sorry, Penta Penguin. Turn to do a, a bracket with all shows that aren't like the top shows, you know, because part, part of the most fun, as we've that said, we've had are talking about the shows that, oh, I didn't give this one a chance yet. Or, you know, what are your favorites of these? And and. Because like the the top ones are usually the, the things kind of pyramid in, into like how relevant they are and how excited people are. People exponentially can latch on to the biggest name because it's just an easier barrier to entry. It doesn't make them lazy. They might be more active in finding something else, but more people just might know Dragon Ball Z and that's all they need, you know? Whereas other people are like, well, man, no, Dragon, you know, I'm a aficionado in this genre and I know how it's gone and I know that fucking uh, Helsing Ultimate's got this great. Uh, Nazi stuff in it or something, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, I think you guys understand what I'm saying, though. Like, it, it's, it's, there's an interesting case to do a show where the biggest obvious ones can't win. Yeah, yeah, that is. I like it. that it, idea. It, it's almost like uh, it's like the wild card show. It's like we're just going to focus on the teams that that aren't going to make the World Series. Like, we're just going to wild card <laughs> it and see what happens. I, I actually really like that idea because, like, yeah, these are shows that are very much in the in the consciousness like my hero academia is probably the one that's like it because I, I sometimes do stuff based off of like what am i seeing at conventions and my hero academia is like the number one costume lately is everybody's like we got to get a group together we're doing this this is our group like i see that costume so many times or at least costume groups like there's just one costume from that show no um I just feel like anybody that's doing a group costume, that's going to kind of signal, this is what's doing well. This is what's successful. This is what people want to not just see, but literally embody. Mr. Eleven points out, Attack on Titan's all about that sick animation. Why even try to do live action? Well, I think it's because I'm not an expert, but like I said, those guys in those Anime Balls Deep podcasts, the guy was saying it's something that was proven to make money, so they'll make another thing. Yeah, look at, I mean, look at Disney right now. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. They're making uh, Simbas in every movie now. Simba. <laughs> Thanks for calling, We just got to put Simba in. We got to get a Simba fanny get... pack for everybody. <laughs> Simba. I've got bad news for 0215 Madman. The submitted bracket he sent is not the first place bracket. Sarah overlooked one. We'll be announcing the first place bracket later. 0215, you will still get a Makasu body pillow. You still get that, but we're going to announce the true winner later. Let's, but we should announce the winner of the bracket first. You guys excited for that? You excited I to see it? I stopped breathing. I'm stopped very breathing. excited. We're going <laughs> to announce the winner of the bracket. And I maybe... was holding my breath. Okay, shh. Everyone hold your breath. We're going to announce the winner bracket and maybe hear from Jason and Gil. Let's take a look. In the match of Cowboy Bebop versus Dragon Ball Z, the winner is Cowboy Bebop. 
with 59%. Whoa! Hey, so here we are. Thanks, Max, for taking over the Toonami Takeover Challenge. Thanks for a few weeks off. <laughs> and uh, thanks to everybody who's been watching and voting and calling in and all the special guests. And uh, uh, we're pre-recording this, so I'm assuming we're not spoiling at this point. If we're not, maybe we'll just call this an announcement, but we want to give our congratulations to Cowboy Bebop, the winner of the Toonami Fan Takeover Bracket Challenge. Dragon Ball Z against DBZ. Um, it was neither fair nor balanced all the way through, but that I'm was surprised. I, I actually, I'm actually surprised because I think Bebop is a better show than Dragon Ball Z, sort of. But it's certainly not as popular of a show, so I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, I it was fun following along Instagram and having it pop up and voting as it was going through, because it was a lot of matchups of just like, Ooh, I yeah, do feel better, but this probably is a better show moments. And I think that's probably what it came down to. I mean, I think if you said one show desert Island anime for all time, I don't know if that changes anyone's opinion. I don't know if it changes mine either. Probably would you'd get a lot more mileage out of, 276 episodes than 26 episodes, but uh, maybe not as enjoyable. I mean, I think objectively, I agree. Bebop is the better show, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, Dragon Ball is definitely the more influential show. Yeah. And, and I don't uh, think many people, Toonami fans or not, uh, maybe not. If you gave, if you asked me a long time ago, what's the one anime I should watch if I've never watched anime? I would say, here are the DVDs for Cowboy Bebop. If you don't like this, you probably aren't gonna like Bebop. But I think the same could be said, certainly for younger viewers. Like if you don't like DBZ, you're not necessarily gonna not like anime, but if you're like, this sucks, I think it is hard for you to find yeah. a home. Yeah, I would say that's correct. I mean, so. They're think, both entry points for so many people into anime, and they're both, I mean, at least Bebop is mentioned as often as Miyazaki when it comes to what anime should I start with? Because it's such an American-influenced show that I think it often is people's entry point when other people suggest an anime. <laughs> right. Uh, and especially, I wonder what's going to happen when the Bebop uh, live-action Netflix show comes out, if it's going to boost the popularity of Bebop the cartoon, you know what I mean? Depending on how the show is received, obviously. Yeah, um, or drive people back to the anime. Yeah, or will it be another Death Note where they just completely face plant and completely blow it? Um, but yeah, I'm happy with this result, obviously. Um, it was some tough, some tough choices were made. Yeah, for sure. But we got here, Max took us here uh, with grace and wit. And now uh, mm -hmm. we have his show premiering. So yeah, it's so good that part of the reason premieres. why Max was doing all this was so that we could draw attention to the fact that Max is a longtime anime fan. And uh, in fact, you might even call him a weeb. And he may or may not object to me saying that. So Max, if you don't think, think of yourself as a weeb, pretend I didn't say it. But uh, so we wanted to highlight what, you know, Max's love of anime so that everybody in 
who watches Tsunami, who paid attention to all this stuff, would understand that his show, Game Set Death Beats, which is the second season of his show, is a loving homage and a parody of anime by somebody who really knows what they're talking about. And that's why the main reason that we felt like it belonged to Toonami, because we think Toonami viewers or some Toonami viewers are going to like it. So uh, we hope we're right. I think Death Beats, if you like the first season, Death Beats is even better. And um, if you didn't see the first season, I don't actually think you need to have seen the first season to at least be able to understand the basics of what's going on. Yeah, in- there's a catch-up promo that you can see um, to get the high notes. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think people are really going to dig it. It's going to be tonight at 2 a.m. And uh, I think people, if you dig into the message boards where all the hate and darkness in the world lives, people may or may not be giving it a fair shot, but I think you should. And uh, I think if you're watching, if you've gotten this far in the in pre-flight <laughs> and the bracket challenge and everything else, yeah, you're probably going to be fine. You, listening to this right now are going to dig it and uh we're really happy about it and we're tell a friend yeah so tell everybody yeah and then have them tell max so he can stop worrying about it not being accepted by tsunami fans for sure um so thank you all and uh tune in next week for the adult swim festival where we'll have a special tsunami pre-flight as we wind down the adult swim festival uh with a look at the PlayStation 5 and a new Tom and Sarah piece for Demon's Souls. And I think that's probably it. We'll throw back to Max and he can uh, dump on us or dunk on us or hug us, <laughs> yeah, depending on how it went. Yeah, he can say whatever he wants now. So yeah. go nuts, man. All right. Thanks. See ya. Thank you so much, Jason and Gil. Guys, that was a sweet little message from them. Uh, they're corporate shills, aren't they? Congratulations, Cowboy Bebop. How do you guys feel about it? Are you happy or sad that it won? I'm happy. I think um, I mean, I'm I'm not not a Dragon Ball Z fan, but I and I recognize it's a pretty important show and has a huge following. But Cowboy Bebop's like next level. I mean, I I used to tell people when I would recommend it, I'd be like, look, even if it's funny how uh, Gil said that, I was like, even if you don't like anime, this is like a this is like an amazing sci-fi. This is like a film. It's very cinematic. It's it's just a it's a, really a pretty amazing show, and it deserves it deserves it. I think. It's a beautiful welcome to anime, which I think is like definitely to his point. It is it is a show that you hand people when they're like, I don't know about this anime thing. I don't get it. And then you say, well, have you seen this? Because there's so much to so much to attach to that's like not there's there's a lot of familiarity, but also like a lot of surprise. And so I feel like it's a really wonderful way to step through that door and go like, oh, yeah, this is just a really interesting story. The animation's beautiful. The music's beautiful. The characters are cool. And it's also um, everybody after that show, everyone bought went out and bought corgis. Uh, so now there's just been a real upswing in corgis, um, which I think has to do so much with uh, Cowboy Bebop. Always look at the dogs. Look at what dogs people are interested in. And that'll tell you what shows are doing well. I need to announce very importantly, the winner of the bracket submission contest was actually Cool Kevin 54 They didn't get the last one right, but I think they got 57 right, which is the most by far. They got a lot right. We're either going to be able to give him another Cowboy Bebop bracket that he gets to curate, depending on what Kim says, or he's going to get a very special clean canteen that says, I'm Kevin, and I won the Toonami Audience Takeover bracket. So he can advertise it everywhere he goes. 
Thank you so much for everyone. Uh, Homunculus is the winner should program a Cowboy Bebop marathon. That was the plan, but it all depended on if it was a show that we could program a marathon for, so I think we can. But thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Dana Swanson, for being here. Christy Caracas. Uh, thank you for everyone watching this whole thing. Thank you for voting. Thank you to Jason and Gil. Thank you to Sarah for helping produce this show. Thank you to Christina Loringer. If you're listening to the podcast, email adultswimpodcast at gmail.com with any concerns or thoughts you have. And uh, have a nice time. Bye.